I always like to talk about three C's also, and three C's are clarity, confidence, and certainty. And the moment you have clarity, the more clarity you have, the more confidence you're going to develop about your idea, your product, your service, your, your entire business. And the more confidence you have, the more certainty you're going to get. And the moment when you get yourself to certainty is the moment when every doubt, fear, um, issue, you know, hindrance moves away, washes away, flows away, and you can build a business that really has meaning and value and purpose. Life, the ultimate challenge. These are the travels of the Million Dollar Trek. Its mission, to explore strange and bold ideas, to seek out new inspirations and new perspectives, to boldly go where no mere mortal has gone before. And now, coming to you from the classiest radio station on the air, this is... Hey there, Trekkies. This is Kamari Ellis with another wonderful trek of the Million Dollar Trek. And today we've got a special voyager on our uh, passage today, or on our journey today, rather. I have Mr. Cavett Harvet. How do you pronounce your last name, Cavett? Haria. Haria. He's all the way over across the pond in London. So today he's going to share some uh, interesting tricks, tips, and techniques about marketing and how to automate your business. Well, say hello to everyone, Cavett. Hi, <laughs> Kamari, thanks for having me here. Oh, no, thank you, thank you. Thanks for taking the time and coming on. Now, I know you're, you're from London originally, correct? I'm born here, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, give us a little bit of a uh, backstory about yourself. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm born in London, and uh, but I, when I was six months old, uh, my mom and dad, they took me to Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, and that's because my dad has had a business set up there and he was living there and they were, you know, the family was there. And so I lived there ultimately for 11 years, um, 11 years in my life. I went to American school, which is why I have this American accent. Okay. A lot of people wonder that and I've never really, I guess, answered that properly, but that's, that's why. And, uh, I basically started off, you know, when I was in the secondary education back in the UK, essentially we moved back and I was studying here. So I've been here since then. And I studied to be a scientist, a geneticist, everything to do with genetics, how to, uh, you know, understand genes and chromosomes and, and th things like that, really, because I have uh, two other siblings, and uh, I guess I was inspired in some way or the other to, to know about DNA and stuff like that. Uh, but while I was uh, there I, is when I launched my first business. And the reason I launched my first business, which is more important, I guess, is that I'm a musician. And I've been playing the tabla, which is a North Indian drum, uh, if you don't know what it is, you should Google it out and definitely listen to it on YouTube. But the tabla, and uh, it is probably the hardest percussion instrument that you can probably find. And I've been doing that for now for 17, 18 years. Uh, but come about 11 years ago, I really wanted to start performing, playing professionally, reaching out and, you know, doing gigs. But I didn't want to play, you know, Indian instrument with Indian music or Indian culture. I wanted to really take it to the West, as it were, and mix it and somehow fuse East and West. I mean, I grew up listening to Eastern music, I grew up listening to Western music, and I knew there was a way that both things could come together. So, as beautiful as that sounds, it was really, really difficult to make that happen because, you know, people didn't want to play with me because it was, I was asking them to do it for free on their time to try and figure out how this would work, and musicians are essentially starving artists to some extent. You know, they're always going, um, they're always very cautious about how they're making money as well as how they're spending money. Uh, that's because of the mindset that they're in. 
And so it was very, it was really tough. It was just really tough to make uh, somehow my idea come through. And one of the things that happened was I started to suffer from, uh, you know, a lack of confidence. And a lack of confidence happens because, you know, you push and you push and you push and you keep falling down. And the more you try to push because, you know, you find a different approach that you want to try and yet that doesn't, you know, happen, you start to lose even more faith. But I stumbled upon this book once and uh, it was online. It was by a guy named Bob. I don't remember his surname. And it was really about how to get exposure for your idea or for your music specifically. And in there, it was very short, the book, but I took away one key thing, and that was that as a musician, as an artist, the one thing that I've got to have in my, in my, in my book, if you like, is marketing. And it's incredible because any kind of artist, whether you're a musician, a, a singer, a painter, a drawer, an illustrator, an actor, um, you know, a comedian, whatever it is that you do uh, in terms of your art, if you don't have marketing in your in your book, there's no way you're going to get your stuff out to the world. And most musicians suffer from this thing, you know, crazy. And we're, of course, we're not talking about musicians here, but the point is that you know they end up they end up starving essentially from not able to being able not able to quit their day job and do their art for the rest of their life because they're not confident and, and strong enough in marketing and therefore getting paid for what they really love. So. Anyway, I learned marketing. I studied months and months, and I basically devoured every book I could find in my in my library because it was free. Uh, and I basically learned everything I did about getting exposure, marketing, and all these kind of things. And I started to actually find people to work with. I realized that I was saying things in ways that maybe I should say them in different ways, and it would get people to start working with me. And you know, the short story is that for months and months, I gigged for you know, three to four times a week for literally for months on end, I played with some really famous musicians such as Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin, Paul McCartney, many others. And uh, I also started to record on albums. I started to play really high-end corporate gigs. I was being paid, you know, really high-end for performing in massive concert halls that are, you know, have been there for hundreds of years, like the Royal Albert Hall. And it was a fascinating experience. And I was finally, you know, taking... An, an Asian, you know, sound, if you like, uh, which has only been heard in Indian, Indian Indian music for years and years, and now playing it with blues and jazz and Latino music and and guitar and and violin and classical stuff and all these kind of stuff, and it was really really cool. But I got to the point where a lot of people were asking, "How was I doing what I was doing? How did I turn around, musicians specifically? How did I turn around uh, my, you know, being nowhere to being everywhere within a matter of two or three years?" And I started to share this information, as you do, with your friends and your family and people that were musicians and that could also achieve the same kind of thing if they really put their head and heart towards it. And so I started doing that. And I realized that after about four or five months of doing that, I was spending more time talking to these guys than I was actually playing my music, which was the whole point. So I sat down on Microsoft Word, and I have this friend, and he basically has this series of uh, health books. And uh, he put down his information and knowledge as a medical guy in health books and he was selling these health books i thought well of course all i've got to do is change the word health to music and i could do the same thing so what i basically did was write my first book and it was called 49 ways to promote your music online it's an ebook and uh, i started to give it away for free and it was fantastic the response i was getting because i was on music forums i was on websites i was telling people to go out there and and share this information with a lot of people and pass it around and a lot of people were downloading this book and 
initially, I didn't really know about mailing lists, even though I understood that I had a fan base in my music community. I didn't actually know I could do the same thing for this, but I did. And I built a mailing list after a while that had, you know, within a year, I had 10,000 musicians on my email database. And I was like, what the heck do I do with that? You know, I've given away this book. I've given away everything I know, really. What do I do with that? And that's when you start to realize that, oh, actually, there's there are things you could do with it. You could write other books. You could, you know, divulge and go deeper in your ideas. You could help people more specifically, or you can figure out what their challenges are. And seeing as you're able to figure out the solutions in ways that you've learned from marketing, you could do the same. So I started to give myself the pep talk there. <clears throat> so that was kind of like, that was kind of like the aha moment. Yeah, it was like the moment where I realized that, oh my God, all these people are interested in this information and it's not just, you know, I just thought obviously, you know, I did it for myself because that's what I really wanted. But then I realized that all these people are interested in it. So I put together six or seven other books in that, you know, one year period, essentially one about, you know, how to design a winning and profitable music business, as it were, because musicians don't want to be in the business, but they've got to be. How to launch your record, how to, you know, create a life as a successful musician how to become a successful music teacher, how to find financial independence as a musician, all these different books. And they started selling. And they were selling for 20 bucks each, and I was selling three or four a day. And this was money that I was making that I could never, ever make playing music, which is, you know, a different story. But I realized that I was earning money on the side doing absolutely nothing, going out and playing a gig and just making 50 or 60 pounds. And it was fascinating because... I was earning my gig money, which is fantastic. I was earning this money, and I thought, well, this is really cool. Anyway, I studied marketing more, and I started writing this weekly email newsletter called the Musicians Development Newsletter. And uh, it grew my email list from 10,000 to, you know, four years later to 120,000 subscribers. And uh, I was writing about how to get gigs, how to improve your, your music, how to get more exposure, how to sell your music. And I was basically... Uh, building a community. And at the same time, I was also creating additional training because I learned that, okay, it's great to have your first level of product, but you've got to create more stuff that people could actually consume because not everybody likes to read. So why not offer it as a CD? So I created a CD. Not everyone likes to listen. They like to watch. So why not create a DVD? So I got in a conference room. I had someone film me. I created DVD programs. I created membership sites. I even ran workshops and seminars. And Essentially, I built this whole network of content that I was uh, offering to musicians on how they too could build their own really super successful business or essentially music career and how they could ultimately, and the key was, quit their day job and then, you know, do what they love and get paid for it. Now, you said you grew your email list from 10,000 to over 100,000 in four hours? In four, in four years. Oh, in four years. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I just want to take a, a quick step back. Were your parents musicians? I mean, what sparked this this real love for music? In my family, I think all of my cousins, you were from an Indian family, and you're, you're drilled to study hard, and you're also drilled to learn music, especially for the family that I come from. Not because anyone in our parents' generation has ever learned music, just because it was the thing to do at the time, I guess, to send your kids, especially if you're Indian, to learn you know, traditional Indian music whether it's, you know, playing the harmonium or playing the tabla or learning to sing Indian classical work. So I guess I was just inspired to do that. I also, all my cousins, I was the youngest of most of the cousins, and they'd all gone through the same process, and I was pretty inspired by what they were doing. Hmm, okay. I, I do have another question. Uh, you asked about, you, well, you made a statement about the musician's mindset. Can you, can you speak to that? You mentioned that earlier on. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, ultimately, that when you do what you really, really love, there are two schools of thought that follow that. One is that I do what I really, really love, and therefore I should be rewarded for it in, in, in order to live my life, earn my living. 
And then there's the other mindset, which is that I do really, you know, I, I of course love what I do and I do that, but I, you know, I just do it. I just reward it or not. It doesn't matter. And therefore, or maybe the fact that it's my duty to do what I love and therefore I shouldn't get paid for it. You know, you know, there's that, there, there's that school of thought too. Musicians come from the view that it's really hard to earn a lot of money and it's stupid. It's, it's, it's like ridiculous because here's a musician who has no connection to the music industry. It's just some, but no, no familial, no family, no parents, no siblings, no cousins. None of them are in the music industry. This person just wants to go out there and play music and does so. It does really, really well. But they just have this weird belief that um, it's really not possible to earn a huge amount of money from music. Whether that's because you know a CD uh, is ten, twelve, fifteen dollars, whatever it would be, uh, or eight, ten dollars now on iTunes, and you know you can sell you know ninety nine cents and you can buy a single, and they think that all oh, you know nobody's going to buy that. That could be one thing. And the other thing that comes up a lot that I see is that I'm not good enough. Hmm. When someone says I'm not good enough but they produce fantastic music and everyone tells them they produce fantastic music. They still are not willing to listen to the, the fact that they're good enough. They're fantastic. They're willing to pay. Someone's willing to pay money for that music. Yet they have this inner demon that says, I'm not good enough. And of course there's a level of I'm not good enough that I think everyone should have, because if you keep thinking that you're fantastic and you're good enough and you don't, you're not willing to see that there's a higher level in your uh, potential that you can hit, that you're never going to be, good enough anyway. So the first the first lesson that I was taught, especially as a musician, and as coming from an Indian family, especially when you get 80%, 90% in your exam results, and, and they tell you, you know, that, oh, you know, that was good, but not what I expected, and they're expecting 100%, is that there's, you can always be better than you are today. Right. And I think that is different from the, the fear of failure and the fear of not being good enough, which stops you, hinders you, blocks you from charging the money that you ought to be charging. Mm-hmm. So how how does one overcome that? Well, I think that it's it's always difficult. I think part of the why you have these fears is usually your upbringing or your conditioning from the past. So it could be the way you're brought up, or it could be the way that you've approached life. If you've constantly gone out there and knocked on doors to sell your famous chicken recipe, and you know you have to hit a thousand doors before you you get it, there's two things that's going to happen. One is you're going to give up before you even get to your tenth door. And the second is you're going to be you're going to have enough grit and resistance to say that no matter what happens, I'm going to keep hitting until I make it. And that's obviously you know the famous story of Colonel Sanders, and we know that. But he showed that you could keep going. I guess it's 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 one of those stories that you'll only hear a few times in in different contexts because there just aren't enough people that are pushing hard enough. Everybody gives up too easily. So. The first advice that I always give to people is to stop stopping, which means that when you start something, stop stopping. Don't stop. Just keep at it. Because stop stopping is the biggest reason why most of us never complete the projects we set out to complete. You know, we, we, we start things and we let it go. We start another thing, we let it go. We start a third thing, a fourth thing, a fifth thing, a sixth thing, we let it go. I don't know if you've ever come, come across that. So many people trying to do so many different things, whether it's writing a book, or selling a CD, creating art you know, building a business, whatever it is. But the moment they hit a roadblock, they stop. Stop stopping. You just got to push through that. And of course, the other thing which I, I love the most is that fear ultimately is false evidence appearing real. And <laughs> I've heard that so many times in so many different places. And it just, it, it brings a laughter just like you did there to, to me because ultimately it is not true. It is not who you are. 
and I come from a spiritual background. I'm very much interested in uh, meditation and, and understanding philosophy of a religion called Jainism, which is what I'm part of. And uh, very similar, but still pretty different to Buddhism. And one of the key concepts in there, in any of these Asian religions, is that you are the soul. And you are not this body. You are beyond this body. You are a spirit that is complete in itself. You are just living in this body for the duration of this life. And that soul is 100% pure, blissful energy. There is no way that it can be tainted. And so when you realize, from even if it's from a theoretical perspective, uh, that you know I am this unbounded, beautiful, purely blissful energy that can never be tainted no matter what happens, I think you realize that, you know what, no matter what, even if someone says no to me or I push myself down or I, I don't feel I'm good enough, actually I'm perfect the way I am. And I'm always going to keep improving, but right now I'm perfect. Hmm. That's, a, that's a strong philosophy. It's actually one I share myself. Yeah, yeah. I think so, it, can really, it can really be one of those life-changing things also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, a lot of times we are kind of brought up with certain things that we were, you know, born with sin or born inadequate. And, you know, we always have to kind of search, but we'll never quite be um, up to par, up to standard, so to speak. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. So you becoming a musician, you're helping all these other musicians, you're, you're creating passive income by selling books, audios, CDs, a whole bunch of content. Where did you go from there? Yeah, I mean, within three and a half, four years, the business started doing, you know, high six figures. Sometimes it hit seven figures. So is this and the music business? or Yeah, the music this? business. No, no, this is the music business. Okay. And this is this is about 2009, 10. And um, it continues to run today. I basically got bored of creating product. I got to the point in my own personal journey that I realized that I actually have created a huge amount of great content out there. If I create more, I start to, to, to diminish the quality and, and therefore I'm, a, I'm doing a disservice. And the reviews and the work out there was, that I was creating was really fantastic that I didn't want to add any more to it. I became a little bit more cautious about that. So I worked on growing the community. You know, I built, and this was the key which really helped me in that business, I built uh, the right uh, processes and systems so that I was always selling but never having to be involved in the business. And when I got bored, I took a year off, essentially I planned it, but I took a year off where I didn't touch that business and it made the same amount of money. And I realized that I'd, I'd successfully learned everything I needed to know at that time about marketing funnels, sales funnels, how to build relationships with people and sell all on the internet. And as soon as I got back from you know that year-long vacation, I was doing so many different things at that time, I started to uh, get invitations to speak at conferences in the UK about how I built a, a, you know, an online business basically that was doing really well in an industry that is very different to the mainstream industries and how I did it. So I started giving lectures and presentations at various different conferences, at universities, to entrepreneurship societies, and um, it was fantastic. I thought that uh, I learned my art of speaking through that process. I learned that I could be a better communicator. I also learned NLP, which really taught me this fantastic lesson I wanted to share here, which was that you're never, there's never anything wrong with the listener. If the listener doesn't understand uh, something that you're sharing, it's because you're a bad communicator or you're ineffective in your communication and you can become better. So it always rests with me. But anyway, that was just a side point there. But, I, you know, I, so yeah, I mean, that's where, that's where it got. 
No, that, that's 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 interesting. Um, through your through your NLP studies, uh, did that help your self confidence also, or I mean, how did that help your business? I did the NLP stuff, you know, after the music business was built essentially. So uh, it didn't impact that, but I guess it impacted the way that I went on to do the things that I did after that. So for example, after all the different conferences, I thought that I could, you know, run my own, my own little seminars and workshops, teaching marketing automation, marketing strategy, marketing selling. So in 2009, 2010 and 2011, I started creating all these different workshops in the UK. And uh, I started to build my own second database, which was basically of small business people. And it was mainly in the UK, but it started to grow beyond that, and mainly in Australia and the US as well. So I started to do workshops there, and I taught people how to take an idea and launch it on the web and show them the things that I knew about you know, creating marketing funnels and sales funnels to be able to launch that online. And yeah. So did that become a second business for you? Or? Yeah, so that was kind of the birth. It wasn't a business at that point, but it slowly birthed into a new venture uh, in which I started to then create, you know, courses online so people could download about marketing on Facebook and how to write ebooks and how I succeeded with building a marketing funnel. And I started to create all these courses and I was selling them via webinars and people were buying and they were buying a huge amount of these courses. It was fantastic. I was earning great income. I could only sell maximum $297 worth of per product price with the musicians because they were just starving artists. But to business people, I was not charging randomly at $1,000, $2,000 because I realized that the value was a lot more there. And the reason I personally could make that jump to charge, you know, $300 all the way up to 1000 2000 and now, you know, five figures is because of the work that I built up with NLP, which is the confidence work that you spoke about. Okay. And I guess it helped that you discovered a new niche market, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I kind of fell into it, if, if you like, because... I did well. I started to be invited to, to, to seminars, which, you know, opened this door that, hey, I could teach other people also how they could improve their business by doing this. So I sold all those courses, as I was saying. But what I learned was that I was making money from that. I was selling good courses, but people weren't using them, just like people buy books and put them on the shelf. And I realized that instead of selling courses, I'm going to switch my model. And instead, I'm going to build a small team of people that are specialists like developers, designers, copywriters, etc. People that are required to build a business. You know, you can't do everything on your own. So I built that team and I use that team now to offer my service, which is basically the automated business system, which is basically that I'll invite people who have really good ideas to apply to work with us. And what we'll do is help them literally draw out, design, develop and implement for them their entire marketing and sales strategy. And then coach them, guide, guide them towards, you know, hitting six and seven figures within their first few years. Um, and I realized that I did that because um, I feel more fulfilled by being able to work with people closely and actually see their transformation. Hmm, that's interesting. Now, what, what, when you do that, are, are you just doing it for a fee? Are you doing it kind of as a royalty? What does that part look like? And what is the process um, for when you select for working with a business? Wow, some really good questions. I think that the process is, I mean, ultimately, we have a lot of value and material on, you know, and the way I market is generally through content marketing. So I, I, I basically give a lot of my information and knowledge away, I would say 98 to 99% of it for free. Anybody could go to, 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 to the web, find me and, and learn everything I've got to give. But the 1% of people are the people that actually have a business set up, they are willing to, they know about the requirement for marketing systems and sales systems. They know they need that. They also know they want to have more of a life and earn more money. Um, and then 
once they're ready to build their marketing funnel, then you know it's it's as simple as are you ready to commit yourself for an entire year uh, to to not do anything else but to focus on building your marketing and sales funnels with this so that you can be free in a year? And usually the answer is yes. And if if that person has been enjoyable to speak to, then you know and we have capacity, then we'll work with them. And the process generally involves a few stages. The first is to make sure that their idea is solid for whatever it is that they're selling. A lot of people come with products that they've already built. They could be courses online, they could be services, they could be software. Uh, we see offline businesses as well. And they have developed amazing products, but they haven't positioned and prepared the marketing in the right way. So we basically help them reposition so that they're hitting their target audience, they're using the right copywriting work to speak directly to the results that they're producing. The biggest uh, way to succeed in marketing, in marketing is really about getting people in front of your offer. It's different to selling which is really about the conversion process. So marketing is about getting people to you know, be in front of your offer. And the biggest way to do that is to talk only about the transformation, the results, the massive outcome that you can produce for the people that you, you're going to work with, the clients that you have. So we help people basically you know, rechange and reshuffle and reposition their offers and ideas. Uh, and then we help them draw up a business plan, which we do with them, so that includes their marketing funnel and their sales funnel, two different distinct journeys. The marketing, as I said, is getting people to your side and, and building that um, platform of engagement and the sales. Another way to look at it is lead flow. And there are four stages of lead flow. The first one is lead generation. The second one is lead capture. The third one is lead nurturing. And the fourth, uh, the, did I say fourth? The third one is lead nurturing. And the fourth one is lead conversion. So essentially, you get people to your site by generating them, you capture them on your site by giving them some fantastic value, you get their information, you start building a relationship that by nurturing with them, and nurturing, in my opinion, is where most of the money is made, and we can talk a little bit about that. And conversion is how you actually take that person who's ready to buy and convert them into sales. Okay, so a person, when they enter, I guess, into your sales funnel or your marketing funnel, they've already read your content. And then they say, hey, Cavett, I want to start working with you. And then you, you bring them on board, correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, do you work? Is it a fee or is it a royalty? Because it seems like this is a very long time. You said it's a whole year. Yeah, it's a 12-month process. The reason is it's a 12-month process. And that, again, that's broken down into three parts. The first week is literally for strategy and identity and figuring all those things out. The second uh, patch is a six six week process, and that six week is really about my entire team working for that person to build their entire business out. All the funnels, all the copy, all the emails, all the videos, all the sales bits, everything gets built within six weeks. So that's seven weeks, the first week and the six weeks, seven weeks. And then the balance, which is I think is about 45 weeks that's left in the year, is really where that, that company or that individual starts working with us on a fortnightly basis to draw a marketing plan and to action it. So that within a year's time, uh, all these new clients basically get to $100,000 in the first year in sales. Uh, so, And how we charge? Uh, usually we charge a fee, um, but there are people that do not want to take the fee, and they take the lesser fee plus the royalty. So there's two options. Basically. Oh, so you do both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it just seems like a lot of time. Um, and it, So it seems like you can't work with a whole, whole lot of people. Um, so that you would have to kind of pick the right people to work with. Yeah, it's a strict process. I mean, there's a form that, that people fill out to apply, and then there's a phone call to make sure that, you know, we get to know them. All of that we invest our time to do before we even start to work with somebody, just because, of course, it's a whole year. Okay, okay. 
Now, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the, the four processes, and I believe you said it was lead nurturing. Yeah, because ultimately, you know, everyone looks for ways. If, if you probably got people who are, you know, really in business right now on listening, and they are, uh, they may be stuck on how they should actually turn a lot of their work online into sales, into customers, into income. And it's it's all well and good bringing people to your site, which which is a place where people suffer and stuck and get stuck. But really, that that's the easiest part of it, in my opinion. You get people to your site, and then you capture them. And of course, you capture them by giving them some really good value. It could be a free video training, a free report, a free guide, a free webinar, a book, whatever it would be. But the nurturing portion, because once you capture them, you know, 50% of people that put in their information are not going to actually go and get the thing that they put in their information for. Can you imagine that? So if 50%, if 100 people put in their information to say, I want to watch your free video, 50 of them are going to do it. The rest are not. So, but they're on your mailing list. You've still got those 100 people. So what do you do? And the key is in nurturing. I would email differently to the people that did watch that video, for example, to those that didn't watch it. Because the people that did watch it already have kickstarted a relationship with me. They've started to build some kind of uh, you know, interaction with me. And those that haven't, I'm going to make sure they go and watch it by keeping uh, an email communication stream open with them. Now, there's three things that are really important in this process. The first is getting them to know you, getting them to like you, and the third is getting them to trust you. If you can get somebody who is listening, watching, interacting with your stuff, by you communicating with them on a regular basis, if you can get them to know you by you introducing yourself, put, put, you know, sharing some content, articles, videos, whatever, if you can get them to like you by you know, giving really good value, if you give really good value and content that is useful, that is practical, that is actionable, anyone's going to like you, of course. And then if you get them, and of course, you have to have personality with that. And of course, if you do those things, then you get people to trust you. And the moment you get people to trust you is the moment that that person is ready to convert. Convert, exactly, exactly. To move on to this fourth step. And that could be by you know, picking up the phone, sending you an email, going to a sales page to buy, filling out a form, whatever it is. But that nurturing portion is really important because if you didn't have that and all you did was drive people to your side, get them to capture their information or fill, fill, you know, do one of those contact me or fill me back or call me back forms, etc., you're missing out on the know, like, and trust. And the know, like, and trust is really crucial. And this is also if you're currently selling, by the way. Because if you are selling right now and people are buying immediately from hit, with hitting your site, you have more likelihood for those people who have already bought to come back and request refunds or cancellations if they don't know, like, and trust you. So the know, like, and trust you is actually a really important part of both sides of that equation. So that, and that's all, it's kind of three sub-steps of the nurturing process. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And do you do all of that through email or is there other kind of mechanisms that you use? Uh, the main thing is email. It depends on the business that uh, and the industry. You know, if, if it's a, an industry that uh, is okay with mobile phones and cell phones, then SMS is an important part. But again, you've got to have permission to use SMS and you've got to do it in the right way. Uh, but generally email, but again, email text only. Uh, is good, but an email once in a while with a really good video, and ideally the best is with you presenting on that video, something or the other is 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 really going to help you push the know, like, and trust you know factor, or you know people meeting that a lot more quicker. Because some people could meet the know, some people could get to know, like, and trust you within three days, and some people could take three years. Right. But you've got to have the time and patience to wait for them because every op- every subscriber is a potential sale, and every sale is you know income in the bank. 
I saw a study somewhere that said 85% of the people don't buy right away. Um, and most times, most sales-oriented kind of organizations are only really focused on the 15%. Um, and kind of, like you said, missing out on the whole nurturing part process of nurturing that other 85%, which may take, you know, three days or three years to get them to come back through your uh, cycle and convert to a sale. But right, that's exactly. Still, that's still missing money that you're missing out on. Yeah, it's missing a huge amount. It's missing $85 out of every $100, essentially. Right, right. And, and the thing is, and this is really where it gets really sad, is that you've actually spent time and energy to get those 85 people to into your subscribers list. You've actually spent that energy, whether it's free marketing on social media, and there's no such thing as free because you're either using your time or your money. Right. And so you spent all that energy to get people to subscribe. And the fact that they subscribe, isn't that enough indication that they are somewhat interested, interested in something? Whether it's now or later, they're interested. So it's definitely worth pursuing everybody to make sure that you are doing your duty to give them what you have, which, of course, is to help them in somehow or the other achieve a result. Now, can this work with any industry, any kind of business? I mean, is there one that it won't work with? We found it to work with everybody so far just because what we're doing is not refining your product itself or your service. We're not uh, helping you, uh, you know, we're not, we're not experts in, in the specific industry. We're not weight loss experts. We're not, you know, fencing experts. We're not experts in web design. What we are experts in is actually the marketing and the sales funnels. And generally, anything can fit into a good marketing and sales funnels if it's thought through properly. And that's why this takes time and energy and effort. But after a year, of it being built, and of course we do all of that for them, there's a lot more freedom that comes from it. Well, well, let me ask you this. Is there any kind of particular industry that's harder to work with than others or, or certain things you have to look out for? I think the if somebody's selling products that are really, really cheap, like, you know, $1 to $10, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's really not... I, I mean, I, I, I speak to those people a lot, but I don't specifically prefer to work with those kind of products and services because... You have to get millions of people into that in order to, to actually convert quite a bit and make quite a lot of money. And one of the promises that I really try and stress on, because I've achieved it so many times for different clients, is that within the first year of you starting this, you will get to six figures in sales. And so in order to get to six figures in sales, <clears throat> if you're selling you know, $10 products, it's going to take forever. So generally, people are they go through this process of selling things that are between 100 and hundred dollars plus essentially okay so the sweet spot is really a hundred plus yeah and there are some that have lower than 100 but they also have they have two tier products so for example they have one guy is basically a career coach uh, he sells a starter kit for 10 bucks but he sells his main program which is to do a dream jobs and finding your dream jobs he sells that for four hundred dollars and so the ten dollars supports the 400 in the process you buy the 10 you love it you start receiving emails to buy the 400 that makes sense but if only you had it as a ten dollar, it would take forever for you to get to hundred k. Right, 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 right. Now, uh, just out of curiosity, is there any one particular industry that that stands out to you that does really, really well with your system? Picking one industry, I think, is uh, wouldn't wouldn't be the right thing. I think I think that it's worked. You know, I give you I give you a list of ideas. One lady was a watercolor painter. She basically quit her career to go and teach watercolor painting, something that she's wanted to do from such a young age. And she, and did, she's, she did it all online. All online. Uh, another guy basically used to be a lawyer in London, and he quit that career after building a business that literally just sells content marketing services. 
Uh, another lady is a PA. She quit that job because she, when she went traveling, she found this local tribe that basically did some fantastic artwork, and she got them to make handmade laptop covers. And now she has a chain going that 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 that's doing that online. Craziest idea is a brick and mortar business that basically sells your typical garden fences. And uh, they wanted to start having a system online that could sell them online, as well as offer the installation service. And now they're doing that online. A life coach, a designer, you know, service businesses are great. Uh, I think they work better than product businesses uh, if because it takes less time to start. And that would be the, the, the answer, I think. If you want to get it up really quickly and you have a service, services are always the easiest way to earn a lot more money than product because they take time to develop. I had a question right at the front of my head, and I lost it just that quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's it's interesting because I'm a, an investment and tax advisor, and right. I and I've been thinking for a while of um, teaching online and doing some things online because I actually really enjoy teaching. The, my podcast is kind of like an outflow of my teaching, so I've been thinking um, of, of, of ways to kind of do that. So. If a person is, is, is beginning to think like that, what are some of the first steps they should take? Uh, the first thing is to get really inspired. And the way that I think that you can get really inspired is by reading case studies of people that have done this successfully. Uh, that's why I invest a huge amount of time in my business to uh, constantly question, interview, and ask my clients if once they finished, you know, if they're happy to share their thoughts of how they went through the process so somebody else could be inspired to find a process that works so that they can develop their own freedom in their time and in their in their life. So I put together a little book of nine case studies uh, from the last year. It's available as a downloadable guide, and uh, I, I would encourage if it's okay for people to go check that out. It's at insiderinternetsuccess.com, uh, I-N-S-I-D-E-R. Uh, that's the first thing, insiderinternetsuccess.com. Read case studies. And the reason I'm, I'm put them out there is is of course, it supports my work, but primarily it inspires you. And the moment you get inspired to start thinking different things, you start to wonder about, you know, maybe I could do it this way. Maybe I could do it that way. And you get all these ideas so that you ultimately create the best version of what it is that you're going to have. Uh, and then the second thing to do is to then jot down, you know, specifically and get very clear about the transformation and the offer and the result that you can bring somebody. So if you're if you're selling a service, investment service, whatever it could be, what is that end result, that transformation that you will bring somebody when they work with you? Uh, if you are a painter, you know, what is that end result, that transformation that you'll take somebody on? You know, somebody who comes to you is at A and they want to go to B. Or at point A, they want to go to point B. And your job is to take them to point B. And point B is the result. Well, define what point B is. You don't have to define how to do that just yet. Just define the point. And that's what's going to help people flow, flow and flood to you very quickly. All right. All right. That's, uh, that's, that's great advice. Any other tips you might have uh, for the person who's looking to create an online business? Well, I would say that it takes time. I would, I, I'm not somebody to say that it's an overnight thing. I don't think there's any way to create a business that could go and, you know, that has the foundation to go, go ahead and be a seven-figure business, you know, overnight. It certainly takes time, but it requires commitment. And if you have that commitment and energy and dedication, uh, you can do it very quickly. Uh, you could do it, you know, within a few months, you can start to develop the foundations of a really good business. And most of the people that work with us go on to do that. So I'd say that uh, have the patience, but also have the energy and the drive to push it forward. Uh, the rest of everything that you need can fall through once you have it. I always like to talk about three C's also. And three C's are clarity, confidence, and certainty. And the moment you have clarity, the more clarity you have, 
the more confidence you're going to develop about your idea, your product, your service, your, your entire business. And the more confidence you have, the more certainty you're going to get. And the moment when you get yourself to certainty is the moment when every doubt, fear, um, issue, you know, hindrance moves away, washes away, flows away, and you can build a business that really has meaning and value and purpose. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, before, you know, our closing section is the Warp Tribe, but before we get to that, I, I did want to talk a little bit about something you mentioned earlier on, and you said you meditate, and, you know, this is something I've been beginning to explore, and I know a lot of others are starting to explore it. What does meditation do for you and your business? Meditation is about, for me, finding space and space to basically create clarity in the mind. And when I meditate, I find this zone, if you like, where uh, I can be on my own without any distractions, free from the world, not uh, affected or thought, but not, not uh, you know, judged or affected yeah, in any way by anything. And that space uh, births new ideas. That space after that process of meditation, whether it's half hour, 45 minutes, whatever, it gives light to problems that I may have that are unrelated. They don't even come up in the meditation, but just because of that clear mind, you get the opportunity to see so many different things in so many different ways. And I think that's the biggest gift that it gives my business, as it were. Um, but of course, I do it for myself. I do it on a personal level for, for the, the freedom that comes from it. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, I see that meditation feeds into the very first C, uh, which is clarity. So I'm guessing, you know, you have a meditation practice. Do you do it daily or um, every other day, multiple times a day? Yeah, I, I try to do it twice a day, 45 minutes a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. I don't think I stick to it every day, but I, that's just what I'm aiming for. Wow. 45 minutes. Ooh. Okay. All right. That's awesome stuff. That's awesome <laughs> stuff. All right, well, we're approaching the, the warp drive section. I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions, three to four questions. Uh, rapid fire, just give me the first thought that comes to the top of your mind. Okay. All right. What books do you feel hold tons of million-dollar ideas? Uh, the first one is by Jay Abraham. It's called Getting What You Want Out of What You – Getting All You Can Out of Everything You've Got, something like that, by Jay Abraham. So are you a Jay Abraham devotee? Uh, a Jay Abraham what? Uh, devotee, devotee. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think I, I like a lot of what he he does. You know, I don't I don't subscribe to every single thing, mm -hmm. um, but whenever I can pick up something and read it or study it, I will do that. Now, I heard a lot of Jay Abraham uh, as we, as we were talking. It, it seems like a lot of what you're doing is is based around preeminence to a certain degree. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right, next question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to yourself when you first started out in the business? I find that clarity because the biggest reason and wherever I look back that I've been held back, it's because I'm feeling stuck. I'm not sure how to proceed. I'm not sure whether that idea is the right one. I'm not sure uh, which method and which process and which path and which marketing funnel and which email, etc., etc., is the best one. And that comes from clarity. All right. All right. Tell us about a time when you had a great idea, an idea you thought was worth a million bucks and it failed. I set up this music members area um, for that music business and uh, I really thought it was going to be it because I was looking for ways to bring all my different products together and have a lot more people access it. 
um, if they, you know, were part of a club, essentially. So you could pay 20 bucks a month, you're a part of the Insider Music Business Members Club, and you could achieve and access anything that you wanted to access as part of a Members Club, plus you would get an eight-page newsletter. Now, everyone joined the club, but they left after three months because they consumed all my product. So it failed from that point of view. It also failed because those that were on it were fascinated by it, and they were enjoying the the newsletters I was writing, but I had to sit down every single month and write eight pages of a newsletter because I committed to it. After two, three months, you kind of run out of what to say because you've covered everything in your product. There's really not that much more. You fill four or five pages worth of community and Q&A and stuff like that, but you run out of ideas uh, without being really good. I'm, I'm really, really um, committed to creating the highest quality stuff. I don't put it out if it's not high quality in my book, if it's not designed well, if it's not written well. So I failed because I... I, uh, I couldn't keep up the writing, I didn't know what to write, I delivered like one, two months late, and uh, it was an idea that I thought would attract a lot of musicians. We had a huge number of people sign up, it did well in the first month, but the first month was free, and I made no money from that. One last question. If you could take any one person to lunch for an hour, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to talk to them about? Uh, I would take Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway. I would like to know his, his philosophies behind his writing style, for sure. Um, I would basically figure out everything that he's, he's ever uh, done to understand how to write really, really well. I like his writing because it's short, it's punchy, it's to the point, it keeps you hooked. And I want to know how to write emails like that in this day and age. So I would definitely take him. Mm-hmm. Although I think, I, think we'd, I think he'd end up being, uh, being totally doped and smoked. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey... It's becoming legal over here, so uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on over in the UK, but it's becoming well, legal over here. So is that know, right? Yeah, yeah. You never know. <laughs> Could be a fun time. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, I really appreciate you taking your time uh, to impart some of your wisdom um, and jewels and gifts with us today, Kevin. Is there anywhere that uh, folks can find you, connect with you, uh, learn a little bit more about you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. My website is insiderinternetsuccess.com. Everybody is welcome there. Insider, I-N-S-I-D-E-R. Beautiful website, in my opinion. Uh, but most importantly, we, we do showcase a lot of case studies. I really think that you should go check those out because that will give you the inspiration that you need. And I'm reachable. It's hard not to reach me because social media is one of those beautiful things that allows you to, to, to reach out. So Twitter, Facebook, etc. Cabot uh, Haria is my username, and you can find me there. All right. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you again, and truckies, uh, stay tuned for the next time. We are in the iTunes store, so if you have an opportunity, go on over, leave us a five-star rating, let us know how you like going on these journeys and voyages with us. But until the next time, Captain out. Knowledge is powerful. When implemented correctly, can truly change your life. Thanks for listening to The Million Dollar Trek, home of million-dollar ideas. Visit us at themilliondollartrek.com.